we're going to talk tonight about how to find and discover God's plan and his purpose for your life. It's spelled out very specifically in the word of God. You need to know, child of God, that you are a person of purpose, that God has a purpose for your life, that you're not some divine experiment, that know that God has placed you at this place in history for such a time as this, and there's a purpose and a destiny that you are to fulfill. There is an impact that you are to make that's eternal to your generation. And I'm telling you, that excites us. We need to know that there is a purpose for our lives. It's very, very special. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So get your Bibles out, get your pens ready, get your notepads ready. And we're going to get in the Word of God this evening, and it's going to be wonderful. You know, many Christians are frustrated. Many Christians are unhappy. Many Christians even fight depression or anxiety. And, and the reason, the root reason, although there might be many circumstances, the root reason many times is they feel or they think that their life has no real purpose. Purpose gives meaning to your life right now. So if you don't know and cannot see or don't discover this incredible purpose that God has for you, you're going to buy lies and you're just going to, with no purpose, there's, there's no reason, there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no meat to your life, so to speak. You know, we ask questions like, why are we here? Why do we live where we live? Is there a greater purpose? The answer to those questions is absolutely yes. See, having a deep sense of purpose adds incredible meaning to your life. What do I mean by that? As, as, as you know and are discovering your purpose, you'll start asking yourself questions. How am I going to impact my generation if you're a student, how am I going to impact my generation at college, in high school, in middle school? If I'm in the workforce in my career, how am I going to impact my generation? See, God wants your generation to serve him. If you are later in life in your what, what we would call the retirement years where your career uh, in, the, in the workforce is ended. Your ministry is not ended. Your purpose is not ended. Your purpose will continue to increase your whole life. How am I to impact my generation at any age? See, you have to determine in your heart that I am going to develop a sense of destiny and purpose for myself. How I'm going to develop that is by putting the Word of God first place in my life, by meditating in His Word day and night, by getting to know Him and being filled with the, with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that the eyes of my understanding are enlightened and I begin to know the hope of my calling, God's plan for my life. 
that I begin to know the incredible inheritance that I've been given as a child of God, that I would begin to know the incredible power that is pointed towards me as I walk in the faith of God and as I walk and live by faith. I want you to turn to Psalm 37. And we're going to start and we're going to look at these verses. We're going to start in verse 1. But it really un unravels for us. And we're going to unpack this so that we can see some principles that will help you discover your purpose in life. Because I'm telling you, there's an enemy out there that wants to minimize your life. He wants to tell you that your life is insignificant. But that's all a lie. Your life has purpose. There's a destiny for you. The God of all creation, your heavenly Father, has placed you at this, at this place, at this time in history. And it, he has a great purpose, a great plan, a great destiny for your life. In Psalm 37, in verse 1, it says this, Fret not thyself. Now write in these three words, it reveals a huge, huge principle of life. The word fret means worry. He's saying, don't worry yourself. In other words, you and I are the ones that cause ourselves to worry. Oh, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like circumstances of our life cause us to worry, but that's not true. We make a decision. We are the ones that cause ourselves to worry. And God's saying, don't worry yourself because of evildoers. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. See, for us as Christians, Many times you're going to see people that you know that are not serving God, that are out in the world, and you're going to see them to seem to be walking in all the desires of their heart, and they have this great life, and you ask yourself, why in the world can I not have that? See, this tempts us to start fretting or start worrying. And this can cause, as you start to worry, what happens, it causes unrest and even inner turmoil, anger within yourself that now will start affecting those relationships around you. See, what happens many times in our life is, is what we seem, what it seems like the desires of our heart, that they have no way to come to pass, and this causes us to worry. Listen, Child of God, God's plan for you, God's purpose for you, God's destiny for you is so great and so incredible that I'm telling you, when you start to see it, it, you'll see that there's no way in the natural for it to come to pass. And you'll be tempted to worry, but this is why we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he brings it to pass as we walk with him. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass 
and wither as the green herb. The Bible says for people who don't give their heart to Christ, who are not born again, all these people, there will be no remembrance of them in eternity. Oh, you could be the greatest athlete. You could be the greatest Hollywood actor, celebrity. You could have the most money. But you can't get away from the fact that your life is still a vapor. And even if you live long on the earth, 80, 90, 100 years, that's nothing. Because what does it gain a man to gain the whole world, but then lose his soul? Verse 3, so now he says this, don't worry, verse 1 and 2, but now he says this in verse 3, so what do we do instead of worrying? We trust in the Lord, and we also do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily, or most assuredly, you shall be fed. This word fed means you'll be pastored, you'll be shepherded. In other words, this deals with your needs. It says, if you trust in the Lord and do good, you will dwell in the land. In other words, you will be in the land that God has given you. The blessing of the Lord is in the land. This is why geography is very important. You've got to be careful not to just go do your own thing or live where you want to live and, and, and work where you want to work and whatever you want to do because if you're not in the land, it's impossible for you to walk in the blessing of the Lord because it's in the land. If you trust in the Lord and do good, you will dwell in the land. And see, when you're in, in the purpose and plan and will of God, when you're in the land that you're supposed to be, the Word of God says, most assuredly, you'll be, pet, you'll be fed. In other words, your needs will be all taken care of. The reason why we're talking about this, church, it is impossible for you to discover God's purpose for your life if you are up to here with always being consumed about just having your needs met. God wants you to simply forget about your needs and never focus on your needs. The only thing we do with our needs is we say, Father, I thank you that all my needs are met. And now he wants you to focus on discovering your purpose, your destiny. He wants you focused on the desires that he is giving you as they're coming out of your heart because those desires of your heart are tied to your purpose, his plan, your destiny. And so you have needs of your life and you have desires. God wants you desire conscious, not need conscious. So there are many believers who are trying to use their faith when they've never learned how to trust God. And child of God, you could quote every scripture on faith. You could quote every prosperity scripture and walk in lack. You could quote every scripture on healing and health 
and walk in sickness and disease. You got to learn to trust him. All of these promises, all the blessings of God are tied to an intimate relationship with him. See, until you can get to a place where you trust God for the essentials of your life, you're never going to walk. You'll never be able to walk in the desires of your heart. And oh, your Father wants you to walk in them. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you into these desires. The key scripture, you could stay in Psalms 37 where you're at, but I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5 and 6. It's a scripture that we've heard so many times, but it's a scripture that we have to continually gain revelation of. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and don't lean, don't rely on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge or consider Him, and now He will direct your paths. In Psalms, in the book of Psalms, in Psalms 112, verse 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. That means He's not going to be afraid of something that He's hearing that's going on. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. If you go on, Psalm 125 verse 1 says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. So don't try to walk in the faith of God if you don't trust Him. And in order to trust Him, you got to get to know him. And oh, he'll help you. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 17, in verse 7 and 8, it gives us a picture of somebody who puts all their trust in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse 8, For this man, for he shall be like a tree, planted by waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. In other words, is not moved by any circumstance of life. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, which means I'm sowing, I'm giving, I'm living life. I'm living outward and I'm not moved in any scenario because my provision doesn't come from without. My provision comes from within, from my God, my Father, my provider. And it says, This person shall never cease from yielding fruit. Boy, that's good news. Now let's keep going with this. Psalm 37 now, let's look at verse 4 because this is where I really want to focus in tonight. So it says, verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 37, don't worry yourself, but do good. Don't, don't worry yourself or fret because of evildoers. Don't be envious of them. But then it says, it goes on in verse 3 and it tells us what to do. It says, but trust in the Lord and do good. We'll dwell in the land and, and our needs will be met. Now verse 4, Psalm 37, 4. Delight, this is a key word. 
Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. This truth is telling us that we can't give ourselves the desires of our heart. God must give them to us. It's not in our ability to give them to ourselves. Now, in order for God to be able to give you and I the desires that he has placed in our heart, they're there. But in order to access them, in order for him to give them to us, we must delight in him. This word delight literally means to make God the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Well, pastor, how do I do that? The Holy Spirit will lead you into that. I could tell you for me, I meditated on this scripture for over a year. I'd walk around not feeling anything. And I'd lift my hands up and say, Father, Lord Jesus, mighty Holy Spirit, you are the source of my joy, my pleasure, and my satisfaction. My mind would be going, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I would just, I would just meditate on that in my spirit and cause it to come out of my mouth over and over and over. And all of a sudden, that scripture opened up on the inside of me just like it is right now as I'm talking about it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow. My God, you are the source of what brings me joy, pleasure, what satisfies me. The joy that I walk in, you're the source. Anything that brings me pleasure, you're the source. Anything that satisfies me, you're the source of it. And now, now in this position, he's able to give me the desires that he's placed in my heart. These desires are expressions of his will for my life. Notice he says, and he'll give me the desires of my heart. Notice he doesn't say he'll give me stuff. The desires this word desires literally means a longing, something that I'm longing for, something that I'm craving, something that I'm yearning for, something that I want. Not something that I need, it's something that I want. It's not a need of my life, it's a desire, it's a want, it's something that I have to have, it's a longing. So many children of God have never, ever tapped into these cravings of their heart. Whatever God's will is for your life, you will crave it, you'll yearn for it, you'll long for it. It keeps you fresh, it's dripping with purpose. This is why the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It increases more and more. And that increase is so great 
It affects me and my children. It causes my father to leave a fragrance of me wherever I go. It's all over me. It comes out of the inside. He's given me the desires of my heart. That's how I discover my purpose. It's it's tied to delighting in him. This is why Satan wants to get you living for yourself, looking for what you think you want. Listen, guys, nothing in this world can ever satisfy you. But the desires of your heart, you are created for them to satisfy you. In other words, what we're saying is to have your joy, have your pleasure, have your satisfaction in the Lord, and now He's able to give you the desires of your heart. See, this does not automatically happen. We must delight ourselves. In other words, we have to do something. God just not going to kick your door, the door of your life down and make you delight in Him. No, no. He never drives you. He always leads you. It's the enemy that drives you. You must believe that God gave you the desire. Now this word desire, it gets all messed up. Satan has worked overtime with with everything on TV, with marketing, with all this stuff, everything. When When people think of desire, they think of sex. They think of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But the word desire literally comes from two root words. D, D E, it's D. It means of. And then S I R E, sire, the father. The word desire means of the father. All true desires are of the father. There's counterfeit desires the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, the pride of life. They never satisfy, they never. They never cause this peace. They never bring life because they're, desi- they're the counterfeit desires of our flesh. But desires from God satisfy. All desires, all true desires come from God as a result of delighting in the Lord. In other words, there is no such thing as an evil desire. Wow, that's a new statement. But you got to know that. There's people that are addicted to pornography. That literally, the more you feed the lust of the flesh, the more it steals intimacy from you. It never satisfies. Oh, there's a good feeling, but then on the back of that feeling comes problems. Death, frustration. Because Satan only steals, kills, and destroys. God gives you desires that tie in with His purpose for your life. And God gives you desires, desires of your heart to fulfill them in your life. God's will for your life is that you fulfill every desire of your heart. 
This is why so many, they're not in the Word of God. They have no desire to come to church. Some come out of obligation. They have no desire to read the Bible. Some read the Bible just because they think they should. There's no life in that. They live their life seeking after desires. That's why the church is so weak. This is why we need an awakening and a revival of the church. Because when you feed on the person of Jesus Christ, it excites you, it brings life. It changes everything in your life. It brings a freshness. Even at an early age, God puts desires in your heart as you delight in Him. And as you delight in Him, this desire will increase. This yearning and craving will get stronger. As the desire gets stronger, your own ideas, your own plans, and the devil's counterfeit plans for your life, they will literally be eclipsed by this desire that God has given you. But once you stop delighting in Him, what happens is the desire that God has given you will start to fade. And those other counterfeit desires, the lust of your flesh, those counterfeit, the plans that you have for your life and that are not really tied to your purpose will start to take preeminence in your life and they will lead you down a wrong path. In other words, here's the principle. You come to God first. Then you use the faith, God's faith that comes as you hear His Word to believe God to seize hold of the desires of your heart that He's given you. If you're not delighting in the Lord, you will have no desires from Him. And you'll never really be able to grab hold of the purpose of God for your life. You'll literally surf, the, you'll surf YouTube. You'll surf Facebook. You'll study other people who are successful, who have all kinds of wealth or things, who maybe have a body that you really think that you want and all this stuff. And, and you'll be frustrated because you'll never have the discipline to achieve it. And year after year after year that that happens, it just, you're not created to live without purpose. See, you'll start to look at others and you'll start to try to seek their purpose, but you can't seek their purpose because even if you were to ever succeed at it, it would never fulfill you. Because there's things that are tied with your purpose that we're going to talk about. There's faith that specifically that comes to you individually so that you could lay hold of this desire. There is a specific grace that literally will come upon you that you're graced to, to walk in this desire. There's some things, and we're going to talk about that as we go. Desire, in other words, here's a big key. Desire towards God and you will have desires from God. See, God will meet you right on the line of those desires when you reach out to Him 
in simple faith. It's amazing. God, in other words, He wants to become the source of your desires. See, if you delight in the Lord, now God will put His will into your heart in the form of desires. If you've been around Faith Family Church for very long, you'll hear me say things like this. God's will comes into your heart in the form of His Word. And God's will comes out of your heart in the form of desires. That's why for a Christian, your future is not in front of you, it's within you. See, everything is within you. God's whole plan and purpose and destiny for me is within me. And as I delight in Him, His Word will be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As, he, as His Word opens up in my heart and I gain revelation of it, gain knowledge of Him, He's able to give me these desires which are expressions of His will. You know, I grew up in church thinking, man, you know what? Don't ever say you're not willing to do something because God will make you do it. Listen, when God calls you to do something, you will yearn and crave and long to do it. He's such a good God. Hallelujah. Which, the question is, so which desire are you feeding? Are you delighting in the Lord and you're feeding Literally, delighting in the Lord so that that desire will grow and eclipse all these fake and, and, and uh, desires, counterfeit desires of your flesh. Or are you not feeding on the Word of God? Are you not delighting in Him? Are you just feeding on these counterfeit, false desires of your flesh which can never fulfill you? That's the question. See, you could have one true desire in your heart and another counterfeit desire in your head. Whichever one you feed will grow and will force out the other desire and cause the other desire to fade. If you feed wrong, wrong desires, it will cause right desires from God to fade. So as an example, you have someone who smokes cigarettes. So a, a cigarette user. See, the cigarette is literally just nothing else but the food that feeds the habit. The cigarette is not the habit. The cigarette feeds the habit. The desire in the mind and in the flesh is the habit. That, you, boy, you got to get that. Because Satan will have you working on symptoms all day long, but, but he doesn't want you to rid desires, to get rid of these desires in your mind that are fake, because they're the real habit. It's easy to live a pure life and a holy life if you're delighting yourself in the Lord. It's impossible to live a pure and holy life if you're delighting yourself in the flesh. One way, see, here's a primary way to delight in God 
It's to delight in His Word. You'll never be able to separate God from His Word. God and His Word are one. Delighting in His Word is delighting in Him. Delighting in His Word is delighting in His will. The Word on the inside of you must be transformed into a desire. To transform the Word of God in you into a desire, you must meditate in the Word of God. Meditation, saying the Word of God over and over and over, it's what takes you from being a hearer of the Word to being a doer of the Word. Why are you a doer of the Word? Because the des- you're, God's giving you the desire of your heart and you're walking in it. That causes you to be a doer of the Word. God only puts desires in our heart that are His will. So many people over the years as I've pastored have come to me and say, but pastor, I don't understand why this didn't work out. I know that was God's will. And they're frustrated with God. And they, they're like, listen, I really desired that thing. And it could be a, what, what in the natural would look like a good thing. And they can't figure out why it didn't work out. Well, the reason why is because it wasn't a desire from God. You missed it. Well, how could I miss it? Because you were not delighting in Him. The Bible says as we walk and run our race, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. If we don't do that, we'll become wearied and faint in our minds. As I delight in the Lord, He gives me desires. I can identify God's will for my life by the desires that are coming out of my heart. I know that I know that I know that God has placed me on this planet to pastor Faith Family Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska would have been actually the last place that I would have ever considered because I love the Pacific Ocean. Now you could say, well, what about the Atlantic Ocean? Well, You know, at least it's an ocean. But for me, man, I just love the Pacific Ocean. But I can tell you this. The longing, the craving of my heart is to live in Omaha, Nebraska and pastor Faith Family Church. It, It just, it turns me on like nothing else can. And I'm rooted here. This is not, there's no option B. I don't need it. Option A is life. And God knows, you know what? Boy, there's a desire. I love being at the beach. I love being at the ocean. You know what? I follow God and he's always, man, I I spend a lot of time at the Pacific Ocean. It's awesome. But this this is where I'm to be. The wife that I'm married to, Jeanette, she's in every way the woman of my dreams. We've been married over 30 years. So fresh. Why? Because she is, she came out of a desire that came from God in my heart. 
And that's the way every area of your life is to be. I love Psalm 1-1, and I want you to turn there because this gives us a picture of how we walk these things out. Psalm chapter 1 in verse 1, it says blessed, and this word blessed literally means to be anointed by God with happiness and satisfaction. It says blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're walking in the counsel, in the advice of people that are not serving God. Now these could be people that don't know God, are not born again. They could also be people that are born again that are not serving God. If you're walking with them. Now I'm not saying we never come into their life. We are called to be light in this world. But I'm talking about close friendships. Your walk with God is never going to go beyond your closest friendships on who you're walking with. And if you're walking with people that are not in the Word, that don't have the Word first place, that don't honor God in their finances and in every arena of their life, that are not planted in a church, that are not submitted to God's plan for their life, if you're walking with these people, it's impossible for you to be anointed by God with happiness and satisfaction. Now that might make you mad right now to hear that if you're in the wrong place, but just sigh, take a breath, get over yourself, and ask yourself the question, am I really happy? Right now I'm speaking to several people who would call themselves Christians. Hear me. Hear the Spirit of the Lord who's talking to you right now. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? The, the answer to that question is resounding, absolutely not. Well, I've got great news for you. God's not mad at you. And if you'll start, if you'll start walking in a different place, you'll position yourself where you could be anointed by him because he wants to anoint you with happiness and satisfaction. And now it's a progression. It goes, nor stands in the way of sinners. These are, now I'm, I'm not just walking, now I'm standing. I've stopped and I'm standing in the lifestyle, in the manner of life, in the conversation of a sinner. These, the, the word sin, the word a sinner is someone who's missing the mark. Well, what's the mark? To sin means to miss the mark. The mark is God. It's his word. So a sinner could be someone who's not born again and who's literally their whole lifestyle, they're not living for the word, they're not living in line with the word of God, they don't even believe in God, or they can be so-called Christians that are choosing to not live in line with the word of God. And I got to tell you, in 2020, in the church in America, there is no, there's no line anymore. Holiness is not relevant anymore. It's okay for me to go live with somebody outside of marriage, to be sexually active outside of marriage. It's okay for me to just go and 
and, and, and hook up with somebody and, and go in certain places and do certain things. It's just, you know what, it's just who I am. But that's not Bible. And if you're standing with people, guess what? You're not going to win them over. They're going to win you over. And it will put you in a position where it's impossible for you to be anointed by God for happiness and satisfaction. Now it goes even deeper. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now this person is not just walking, he's now not only just not standing, now he's sitting in the seat of the scornful, in the conversation of the scornful. A scornful person is one who teaches others about others. Boy, you could turn on the news. You could turn on CNN, the carnal news network. You could turn on Fox and sit in the seat of the scornful. You can turn on ESPN, and oh my gosh, they will literally sit there and talk and teach you about every athlete. And these things are so popular. Sitting in the seat of the scornful. You could hang around. Now again, these could be people that do not believe in God, that are not serving God, or they can be people that, that are so-called, calling themselves a Christian. But they're gossiping and judging people, talking bad about others, teaching others, well, so-and-so should be doing this and that and this and that. If you sit in the seat of these people, it is impossible for you to be anointed by your heavenly Father who desires to anoint you with happiness and satisfaction. But, now, thank God we made it through verse 1. But, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, it was, it was the law. In the New Testament, we would read it this way. But his delight is in the Word of God. In other words, the person who is blessed, who is anointed by God with happiness and satisfaction, delights in the Word of God. And in His law or in His Word does He meditate day and night. He's in a constant state of communion and fellowship with God. Verse 3, this man or this woman, it doesn't say he might be, it says he shall be. Like a tree planted by rivers, that's more than enough provision of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Listen, your season is your time on this earth. God wants you to live long and live strong and live out all your days. This is your season. But in the longest sense, it's still a vapor. It's still a vapor. It goes so fast. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither that means your leaf, your life will never fade. Oh, your body might age, 
but you will still be strong and vibrant and your life will never fade. Listen, those of you who are, would be called in your retirement in the golden uh, years of your life would be even called elderly. Don't think that your life is supposed to fade. No, your life is to shine brighter. The younger generations in the church need you to shine forth with the anointing and life of God. I'm telling you, these young men and women need to learn from the older believers that have walked with God for, gener for literally decades. Your life is never to fade. And it finishes up by saying, and whatever you do will prosper. That word prosper means whatever you do will be brought to maturity. I'm so excited that Faith Family Church is going to be brought to maturity. It's going to become and do all that it's set to do in the earth. And what a testimony of the goodness and power of God and the grace of God. See, we're not to find joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in the things in verse 1. There are certain places where we should never walk, stand, or sit. See, the, the phrase walk, stand, and sit, this is a progression of influence that turns one's attention. We have to be careful of, of any progression in our life that causes us to turn our attention off God and on something else. This is so very important, child of God. We need to talk more about this. But I want to leave you with Psalm 1-1 through 1-3. It's so, so very important that you make a decision that I'm going to start the process of putting God's Word first place in my life. I'm going to delight in His Word. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to help me. See, here's all that your part is in this. It's Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So tonight, make a decision to be willing and obedient, to put God's word first, to meditate in it day and night so that your eyes are fixed on Jesus, so that now the word of God, Jesus Christ, is the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. So now God can begin to start giving you the yearnings and cravings that are down in your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life.